0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the holy three in one who followed the Father so that we might follow him. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what would it be like if the disciples had just said, "Ah, no thanks, Jesus, I'm okay, I'm just going to keep on fishing? What do you think that, that would be like? There, there's those moments in our lives I think that we can look back to, and we can see those pivotal moments in our lives where we say, if I would have made a different decision, then something else would have happened with my life. If I would have made the decision to sit on the couch that day instead of going out with my friends, maybe I would have never met that special person in my life or if i had made the decision to go out instead of sitting on the couch maybe i would have lost my life somehow and there's those times that we think about the decisions that we've made and we have this kind of sense of what if what if we would have made a different decision and what would have it been like if jesus if the disciples would have made a different decision when jesus came and said, follow me. So Jesus was walking along the lake shore in Galilee. And as he walked along that lake shore, he saw these people that he said, I am going to call them to be my disciples. And so first he sees Simon and and Andrew. And he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they do it. But what if they didn't? What if they said? <laughs> uh, no, thank you, itinerant rabbi guy. I'm a fisherman uh, we we're, we're we're not doing that. Um, we're fishing right now. If you could go away, you know, maybe send it to me in the mail. That's what I tell telemarketers. If you can't send it to me in the mail, there's no chance I have of doing it. And so. Uh, What would have Jesus done? Well, we know that that Jesus had some other disciples to call. So if he didn't get Simon and Andrew, then we we knew that he he was going to move on to James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Uh, John calls them by this epic name that sounds like a motorcycle gang, the Sons of Thunder. And that gives you a sense of who these guys are as they're in the boat mending their nets. I mean, they're sewing, but... It gives you a different picture when they're the sons of thunder. And they're mending their nets there, and Jesus says, follow me. And they not only leave their nets, but they leave their dad in the boat. See Dad. I have to follow this guy. Who is he? No idea. Going to follow him. They might have had an idea who he was. In fact, they probably did. But what if they said no, too? What if they said, no, uh, uh, I don't know if you can see this, Jesus, but uh, this is my dad in the boat. And uh, he's getting kind of old, and we need to take care of him. Well, then would Jesus go on to the next set of disciples? Would he then go and call Joe and Frank to be his disciples? Would he go on to the next set of disciples? Or would he just say, well, this whole disciple thing just isn't working out. So I'm going to try a different strategy. I mean, he does appear to do that with some of the other people in Israel. He goes to the scribes and the Pharisees and he says, Calls them to repent and believe the gospel. And he does that several times, and kind of in the middle of most of the gospels, it's sort of like Jesus says, I'm done with you. Let me move on. That's the reason a lot of scholars think that there are two feedings of multiple people in the gospel of Matthew, is that. Jesus has kind of shifted his approach that he said, well, I've come to the Israelites and they didn't want to do anything with me. And so now I'm going to the Gentiles. And so it would have probably perfectly fit for Jesus to say, I'm going to switch up my strategy. These sinners just don't get it. And then Jesus would have gone through his life sort of being this lone preacher Sort of like a megachurch pastor. He would have had all of these crowds around him, but nobody would have had this intimate experience with him. There would have been no 12 people that followed him around. There just would have been 1,200 people. And it's hard to have a relationship with twelve hundred people, there wouldn't have been the three that go with him to the Mount of Transfiguration. There would have been three hundred. And it's hard to get three hundred people up a mountain. It was hard enough to get the three. And so Jesus might have done that, but I don't think he would have. Because it wouldn't have made sense for Jesus to give up on this discipleship relationship that he had with people like Simon and Andrew and James and John. Because Jesus knew how important it was to have that intimate relationship with someone. He had that intimate relationship with God, the Father and God, the Holy Spirit from the beginning of eternity, which is a weird thing to think about. It'll actually probably make your nose bleed if you think about it too much. forever, he has had this intimate relationship with two other people. He has this intimate relationship where he goes off by himself and he goes and he prays to his father. And he takes this time just to be with him, even though there are crowds that are calling his name. Because Jesus knows that there is something about that experience of what we know as discipleship. But he probably just knew as, well, this is the way that me and the Holy Spirit work This experience of sharing life with one another. This experience of giving praise to one another. This experience of love that goes so far beyond anything that we see in romantic comedies or on the radio. This experience of an intimate relationship with another human being. He knew that from his Father and from the Holy Spirit. And so it makes sense that he goes out and he calls these men. These men who at first don't appear to be in any way, shape, or form what he should be looking for. He goes to fishermen instead of to Scribes and religious authorities. He goes to fishermen instead of going to other rabbis. He goes to fishermen. And I think he goes to fishermen to say that there is something about him that will always call a disciple. No matter who we are. You see, if Jesus would have called another rabbi, if Jesus would have called a scribe, if Jesus would have called somebody who was in the religious know, then we probably to this day, we would think, well, I I guess this this spirituality thing, I guess this Jesus following, well, I, I guess that's just for people that are very specifically religious. And they're very specifically knowledgeable about all sorts of strange things and can find Habakkuk in the Bible. But Jesus goes to fishermen, he he goes to marketers, He, he goes to artists, he goes even to lawyers. He goes to people in the medical field. He even goes to people that are in the religious field. And he calls all of us, no matter what our vocations, to follow him. Because we're that important to him. That he wants us to have that discipleship relationship with him through reading his word, through having his sacraments, and even through our connections with other people in this church. That it's that important. And that it's for everybody. Cannot be understated. And the other thing that cannot be understated is that it's even for the people that say no. Because at the beginning of this, I asked you what it would be like if the disciples had said no to Jesus. And in fact, they did. Every single one of them. The night in which he was betrayed. When we celebrate the sacrament, you'll hear those words. And you know that after he had that supper with his disciples, that by the time that the night was over, they had all said no to him. And he didn't leave them. He didn't go on to the next disciples and left them in their know. But he came back to them again. And he reinstated them. And he said all over again, as he says to us every time that we sin, he says, follow me. Amen. Amen.